Hi, and welcome to Find the Hide. That was a bit of a botched opening, but I'll take it. Uh, me, your host, is always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hi. And Jonathan Hardesty. What? Hi, John. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I wanted to go for as nice of a weird intro as we could for the final final week. <laughs> Taika Waititi month. It's going to be very sad to say goodbye to Taika. Yeah. It's been a very... Very good month. So far, out of all the months that we've done, I'd say this is our first, not necessarily flawless month, but first month where I've legitimately enjoyed every movie we've watched. Not just like yeah. aspects of it, but I've actually enjoyed and would return to each one of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can't say that I don't think for any other person we've been uh, talking about. Even if I've enjoyed parts of the movies, this is the first that I think we've gotten like across the... Well, there's always been one before that's been like, uh, oops. <laughs> yeah. And in this case, there, there hasn't. Yeah, so it, it's uh, it's kind of sad to see him go. But, you know, that's what happens these yeah. days. We're going to run out of movies for them. I think we've already kind of run out of movies. Make more movies. Yeah, no, we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we've either covered it uh, in our normal ATH episodes or we've uh, we've covered it now. So I think we're kind of taking it out, mm. which is fine. Uh, so this week, if you have not figured it out by uh, us just not saying what we're talking about, we're talking about Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on the book, I forget the name of it already, even though I've been looking at it like all day. Um, uh, Caging Skies. Thank you. Uh, based on the book Caging Skies. Uh, and based on, I mean, uh, it lightly references, apparently. <laughs> um, which, there is uh, a boy and there is a girl. Yeah, the, the boy is a Nazi, the girl is Jewish, and uh, I think that's about where the similarities end. <laughs> the mom has a tragic end. Yeah, mom still has a tragic end. We'll get into that. Uh, before we do, was there any uh, where have they been doing? I kind of have one. John, did you have any this week? No, I didn't get a chance to, mainly because they were all small ones. That I, attempt- I was going to try to do a few, but never had enough time. So my, mine's a little bit less, a uh, little bit less focused, but more scattershot. While I've been kind of at work, I've been leaving shows on in the background, and uh, I decided to leave on a few episodes of what we do in the shadows. Um, I'm not sure if they're any of the ones that he directed, but it's still something from his brain. Uh, so I think it still counts. And uh, recording this on Thursday, uh, we just found out that what we do in the shadows got a whole bunch of Emmy nominations. So good for what we Yay. do in the shadows, and it was a fantastic show, and it definitely feels very Taika. And uh, a little Taika and a little uh, IT crowd. That's mostly because of Matt Perry. Um, but if you've ever <laughs> enjoyed anything from either IT crowd, British humor, or anything with Taika, you should be watching What We Do in the Shadows. It, mm-hmm. It's a just great show through and through. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, if you liked the movie, it's a little bit different than the movie, but also very similar. Um, it's just great. It is. Yeah, both seasons. Just fucking great. So watch What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely want to see the second season when I get a chance. When when that subscription comes around again on the rotation, that'll be the first thing I watch. Yeah, it's it's not quite as like uh, like laser focused as the first season of like the, they're just trying to get the story out there. It's a little bit more like piecemeal, uh, more episodic in season two, um, but not in a bad way. It's still very, very entertaining and still made me laugh like every episode. So it's 
not a complaint, just a slight change. Um, okay, so if that's everything there, let's let's move into the Jojo Rabbit. Uh, John, I believe it's uh, your turn. Your turn. Your turn for uh, <laughs> my, my for breakdown really quick for breakdown. Let's pause here a second because yeah. I'm gonna have Jandy go to the other room because she doesn't she hasn't seen the ending of it. Oh. Get out of here, Jandy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I have to do the breakdown. So, oh, okay, okay. so I, I'm just gonna say the ending when it gets to that point. Yeah, no, she's she's seen like everything but the last part of it so okay i might leave all of that in that's really funny (laughs) you gotta get out of here okay (laughs) so uh jojo rabbit is the story of a young boy named johannes jojo beltzler and he's part of the hitler youth a junior section of it and really wants to be a part of that nazi way got that big nazi energy and uh he is visited by an imaginary friend played by taika waititi who is hitler or a cartoonish version of it and he kind of helps that indoctrination and he you know wants to prove that he can be violent and brave and all that and so he, tr- he throws a grenade and gets injured and has to then spend the rest of his healing at home you know around town putting up papers and stuff like that and he discovers during this time a uh, teenage jewish girl in his hiding in his attic and he finds out that his mother is the one who's been harboring her the mother played by uh, scarlett johansson and so he acts out and tries to argue with her and say hurtful things to the uh, uh, Jewish girl. I'm trying to find the actress name, uh, Thomason McKenzie. Yep. And he even goes so far as to pretend that her uh, fiance doesn't love her anymore. And it, he gets really mean. And eventually the mother gets caught in terms of her trying to spread propaganda around and, and, the um, they get caught too when the the uh, Gestapo come in and scan the place and eventually the uh, they kill his mother. Uh, they hang Scarlett Johansson, and after that the Allies come in and save the day. And uh, Jojo kicks Taika out of his life, and uh, quite literally. <laughs> yep. And then after lying to the girl one more time, Elsa, one more time. He they dance at the end, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Um, the the difference with this week compared to I think last week when we were doing uh, Hunt for Wilder People is I kind of want to start with the book this time. Uh, last week, if you listened and if you haven't, I recommend you go back and do so. I uh, we really got into the joy of how Taika took the book and then elevated it just to make it a little bit more Taika e. Um, from this one, and I, I don't have the direct quote here, but I do, I've read a lot about it. Apparently at either CinemaCon or Comic-Con or something like that, somebody had asked Taika, like, what drew him to this book? And he basically said, I read about half of it and put it down, uh, and then I started writing the script. And <laughs> from what I'm guessing, I don't think he really cares for the book very much, because the book, as, I, as I've as i read into it a lot, I haven't actually read it, is bleak as Fuck. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the the boy loses an arm. It's not just he gets like a few scars on his face. Uh, the mom is not this whimsical like life is okay. Like as soon as we get through this, it'll be fine. She's just kind of a normal mom. Uh, there is no imaginary Hitler whatsoever. Um, and the biggest difference, and I think probably the biggest problem, is the the time of the book is much longer. The kid starts as a kid and grows into a young man throughout the course of the story. And 
the majority of the story, the war is over and he's lying to the Jewish girl in his wall about whether or not the war is still going. And he says, it's, it's, we've won. You have to stay hidden because he loves her and won't let her out. Totally different than the movie where it's like a five minute, like, uh, no, we won the war. Oh, I feel really, really bad. Okay. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there, there are like the structure is there, but I don't think it could be as far as an adaptation goes. It's, it, I don't want to say it's my favorite because I haven't read the book, so I can't honestly say, but this is like quintessential, like what I talk about when I'm like, just adapt the book and make the best movie possible. Like this is, yeah, I was just going to say this that. This is my yeah, example. Is. Like from here, here on, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Sorry, John, I stopped on you. What are you saying? No, I, it was basically just agreeing with you. So it's all good. I mean, <laughs> it was basically a, a very long winded amen that, yeah, no, this is the type of adaptation as adaptation should be. I feel like this, the way it's described from what you read and such is that it's more of a inspired by than it is yeah. an adaptation. But I don't know the legalities of those sort of things. And I, I, honestly, I think it's kind of a, a a moot point to argue because it's it's adapted it's, from a book. It's therefore, totally it's an adapted its screenplay. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, okay, so the framework is there, but everything else is totally different. So when it comes down, like, say, Academy Awards, that would be where it would yeah. go. Um, the other really interesting thing about this movie compared to the rest of the movies throughout the month is this is far and away his least well-reviewed movie and most highly like acclaimed movie at the same time, which I think is just insane. Had more Academy Award nominations than any one of his movies, but it's sitting at like a 58 on Metacritic. Like critics didn't really love it. They thought it was fine. I think it's one of the sort of things kind of like King's Speech. Okay, I don't like the King's Speech. I know so. you don't like the King's Speech. Uh, I don't particularly <laughs> like it either. I like this movie more, but this movie has more uh, named actors. Sure. It has a storyline everyone's familiar with. It's yeah. not tied to New Zealand or anything. Yeah. Uh, and it has amazing production design. Oh, yeah. The movie's uh, gorgeous from, so from the beginning. <laughs> it's just a delight to watch whether or not you like the script. Which makes it more of a fodder for award season. Yeah, that's true. Because King's Speech, that script was about as cookie cutter as you could get. The, but people adore it. My God, if you want a roadmap on how to fish for an Oscar, just watch King's Speech. Yeah. It hits every box it needs to hit. And I remember staring at that movie going, I don't care what's going on right now, but that wall, man. That's a beautiful wall. And I, have the- I know exactly what wall you're talking about. And I haven't seen that movie since it came out. <laughs> this movie, I cared more about the screen, the writing, the actors, and there's multiple moments where I'm like, that's a beautiful wall. Oh, there's like even a couch where she's like, that look, that couch is gorgeous oh. and looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, the big wooden couch yeah. with a couple cushions on it. <laughs> it's beautiful. I don't want to lay on it. <laughs> So my my guess, though, uh, and I'm just taking a guess here about why this movie maybe didn't resonate as well with critics as it did with the audience members and with, the you know, later on the Academy, Hollywood Foreign Press and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and I I think it has a lot to do with the character of Hitler. Well, people love making fun of Hitler. No, 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 no. You're, you're misunderstanding. I'm not saying that it's bad to make fun of Hitler. Everyone loves making fun of Hitler. No, I didn't Fuck say it was bad. Dude. I love making fun of Hitler. No, no, I'm not saying that it's bad to make oh. fun of Hitler. Um uh, what I'm saying is, is that I, for John, are you familiar with the show Moon Boy? 
Uh, I'm not familiar with Moon Boy. Okay, it, it was a British show about a young boy. Irish. Who, sorry, Irish show um, about a young boy who has an imaginary friend played by Chris O'Dowd. The show is hysterical, like through and through. Highly, highly, highly recommend Moon Boy. And the beginning third of this movie feels like Nazi Moon Boy. Um, okay. And I, I don't mean that as a knock against either thing. That's totally fine. The problem that I saw is that the fact of the matter is it, it's fucking Hitler. Like, this is the baddest dude that we know forever. So at some point, Hitler has to be Hitler. And he goes full Hitler. Like, he does his yeah. full stomp. He does his angry shouts. He does everything. But the, the long and the short of it is I, I feel like they kind of ran out of ideas to do with the imaginary friend. Because I... I I didn't see it as when your breakdown, you mentioned that Hitler reinforced um, his uh, his indoctrination into the Nazis. I thought it, I saw it more as a manifestation of his love of Nazis. Like he loves Nazis so much. He mm. imagines that Hitler's his best friend. Like that's how fucking in he is, that it's just everything that he can imagine is the best thing in the world would be hanging out with Hitler. Uh, and as he is full blown Nazi, Hitler's a lot of fun. And as he starts slipping, then Hitler is not as much fun. And as he's not as much fun, they just kind of start taking him out of the movie. About halfway in, he's only in, he he's all over the front half of the movie. The back half, he's barely there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, when he when he shows up at the end for the final confrontation, I was like, oh wait, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot you were even in this. Like it, it. Yeah. Because he wasn't as important to him anymore. Yeah, and I I think that's fine. I just don't think that really ever. I don't think they hit it well enough. Like, I don't think that's the one thing I don't think they really nailed the landing on of his reliance on his love of Hitler and how much he wants to be with Hitler and hang out with Hitler and how he won't tell his best friend that he's his best friend because he's in his number two. He's saving spot one for the fewer. Like this kid's so right, obsessed right. with them that it feels weird that we don't acknowledge the fact that he just starts letting him go. Like we have like the very cookie cutter esque scene of like, well, you two seem like you're getting along well, like that whole We've seen it in, like, multiple, multiple movies of, like, the jealous best friend. Yeah. But beyond that, they just kind of stop. Yeah, and and for something, and for a filmmaker so far who's been very, like, specific in these types of things, it does seem weird to just have the character, like, have the Taika Hitler just not be there as opposed to just being off in the background maybe more often. Like, that was kind of what I was expecting based off of... Uh, what little I knew from the ads and trailers going in, I was like, okay, this is going to be more about that, that that kind of back and forth between him and his imagination and working through that. And then, uh, yeah, no, it didn't, it just, there was a whole section that <laughs> that just didn't have that. And and it, was very, yeah, that it, was, it was weird. Yeah, I think that might lead into a little bit of the, that character just does not exist in the book. There is no imaginary friend. So maybe since that's the one major thing in this movie that was totally not in the book, as the story kind of needed to come to a close and start really kind of pushing towards the end of the mother gets caught. She, uh, the, the girl almost gets caught. He has to become the full blown man of the house. Like all these things start ramping up. Like they get invaded. Everything just goes nuts. As that story really starts to sink in the Tykenness of the movie, like the imaginary friend, it doesn't really have room for it anymore. Yeah. And that's sort of thing of like growing up. They just don't acknowledge it that he's letting go of his quote unquote imaginary friend. Yeah. And that makes sense in the real world. I just, I feel like in all of Taika's world, it's like real world plus like it's never quite there. It's always a slightly heightened. And since we're already slightly heightened, I feel like just letting it go just, it felt like a bit of a misstep. Mm. 
it feels like they just kind of forgot a thread in the movie. And I think that might have something to do with its lower review scores. It doesn't really bother me very much. I'm sort of fine with it. Like, cause like I can I make didn't really thing. even think about it. It's really just kind of been weighing on me. As, oh, yeah. uh, it kind of bothered me in the second half of the movie. I'm like, where did yeah. he go? And why, when he shows up, is he only yeah. a dick now? Like Hitler's a dick. I get that. But. And I can, I can see how that could, I, I've, when I've talked to some people about it, they've kind of not really been too as into the Taika Hitler character. And, I mean, I, ma- I can only imagine, especially some reviews I've read, where they're like, uh, what, what is he doing with this? He's not doing enough. That it's just because he leaves for a b- good chunk of the movie that it doesn't feel like they're doing anything. And I think that's probably what more people reviewing this are queuing in on. It's just like, yeah, it's just that character was there in the beginning and to kind of get us going. And then the rest was something else. Yeah. And I, I feel like it, it's not Taika's fault. Like, I, I don't blame him at all for this being a problem, because if you look at the movie just as the movie is, it, it's not it's not Hitler's movie. He he really is just kind of a, a an afterthought. And the problem is that he cast himself as as Hitler. And then all the trailers just had Hitler Featured. all over. And I never even watched the trailer, but I'd seen the Facebook banner ads. I've seen the IMDb banner ads. And it's just nothing but the camp sequences with Hitler running with him, like right before he throws the hand grenade. It's that right. or like the 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 Winston Churchill line. Like it's just all Taika, 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 Taika. And that's great because Taika is very funny in the role. And he hits the serious notes very well, very well in the role. Throughout this month, I've just kind of gone, man, Taika's a way better actor than I thought he was. He's great. But I still just don't feel like the character worked as well as I wish it had. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's no. not a problem to dislike Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't like Hitler. <laughs> this went expectedly. Damn. <laughs> it's just you don't have, when you're trying to mix zaniness with seriousness, one of them always has to let go a little bit. Yeah. And go away yeah. faster or whatever to maintain an emotional climax. So... Him discovering his mom has been murdered by the Third Reich. It's really hard to bring in goofy Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's also probably another kind of offshoot of what we've been talking about. It's just the time period set in, the scenario, the, si- the situation, the circumstances. It's going to be hard to have that in there. Yeah. I agree totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say... Um, I after watching this i'm just assuming taiko Waititi likes hogan's heroes uh very interesting that you the, say that the, <laughs> the way that he plays hitler remind me a lot of colonel clink uh and the roles between um sam rockwell and theon Greyjoy. Because I'm never going to remember his real name. It's Elfie Allen. It's a very easy name <laughs> to remember. He, he looks like a Theon Greyjoy. He does not look like an Elfie Allen. Sure. <laughs> uh, their roles kind of made me think about Hans Schultz, specifically the way that Elfie Allen talked. Uh, and it, so that's one thing that kind of boggles my mind a bit. I mean, one of the criticisms this movie has is that people didn't like that they made Nazis funny. And I'm like, that's not a new concept. No, I mean, go back to the producers. Yeah. Springtime for Hitler, man. Or the great dictator. Yeah, great dictator. Go even farther back. (laughs) Truman Chaplin did this. It's one of the things that you do to someone you beat, essentially. Yeah. You make fun of them. (laughs) 
Yeah, and and so far in all our Taika month, he's been taking serious issues and kind of working through them with comedy. Yeah. And how can you, like, what's the worst thing? This. This situation is probably one of the worst we've experienced in history, and wow. I guess it can be sensitive for some people because of how Nazism is coming up more and more now. Yeah, that's really unfortunate timing. (laughs) Kind yeah, that, that, like is a, that is a complaint Joker, I've read, too. They're like, you shouldn't do this right now. People will get the wrong message. I'm like, but it's not our fault if they do. I don't think anyone's going to watch Jojo Rabbit and actually think that Hitler was fun like that. The man didn't drink and he was a vegan. And let, let's be honest, the movie doesn't make Hitler seem that much fun. He's fun if you're into the same things he is, but the second you're not, he's a dick. By the way, yeah. I don't know if you remember if he was vegan. I know he was vegetarian, at least. I honestly don't remember, but and fuck I'm that make- dude. If we get his facts wrong, who cares? Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we misrepresented him. Yay, we did it. <laughs> we win. But that's kind of like, uh, just going back to like Taika taking this role and like giving himself the role. I remember watching an interview with him. Like, so what are you doing to research? Like his mannerisms went like, I'm not doing any of that. He's a horrible person. I don't yeah. need to do a good representation of him. Yeah. So just when I would read that that is one of the criticisms of this film, I'm like, that's weak. <laughs> No, I thought it was stranger. And again, I'm just listing out the problem, like the problems that I've heard. These aren't necessarily my problems. It's just I, if I'm just going to sit here and gush over a movie, I've already done that for three movies in a row. I, I don't need to do it again. There's actually people who dislike this one, so I can talk about what they didn't like, even if I disagree with them. The thing that I thought was stranger was having likable Nazis, not funny Nazis, like funny Nazis, whatever, make fun of them. But they made Sam Rockwell a legitimate likable guy. Like Potentially gay potentially gay so they're, they're they didn't really fully solidify that so that would make sense if he was gay um especially gay with his uh his with the young gray with the, alfie allen please <laughs> um his sister will write a pop song about you it'll be just fuck okay. you over again that's fine do it <laughs> um i dare you bring it on lily uh <laughs> She's got a very pleasant voice. She does. She sings fuck you very politely. I can't um, wait to hear it. <laughs> I bet it'll be great. Anyhow, um, I, I get the idea that if the, these two were gay men in the in the Nazi party, yeah, they just kind of have to go along with things. And that would make sense because he definitely doesn't really seem into the whole Nazi thing. He like Even at the camp, he's just like, oh, whatever, I'm just doing my job. Probably drunk through the whole thing. Like it really looks like he's just trying to do what he can to survive, and then you get moments near the end, like when uh, when the Gestapo shows up, which we'll we'll get to that. Don't worry about it. Um, but when the Gestapo shows up, he lies for him. Yeah. Like from that moment on, it's like, oh nope, he was a good dude the whole time. And then even at the end of the movie, he they put Jojo in a in a line of Nazis to get killed, and he saves him, rips the coat off of him as like the identifying thing, calls him a Jew, and throws him away. Like they, yeah. he does everything he can to save him. Like they make him a legit good person. Well, maybe that might be he's still yeah, a fucking Nazi, a... but they make him the best person in the movie who is a Nazi. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. was I, I could see that rubbing people the wrong way. I think there's enough in the movie to give it context that it's not a problem. But I could still understand where people are like I don't want to like him. He's a Nazi. Right, right. And I, I think that's where you know the context of the movie helps a lot, especially if you're just going in hearing someone's recommendation and saying like, oh, there's a likable Nazi character. It's like, oh, well, that's not a good way to lead with that. He, yeah, I mean, I he still dies. That. Yeah, he still gets shot at the end. He still loses. He still pays for his crime. Yeah. You know, and and even though he did one nice thing and did or two nice things in this case, I feel like the movie, at least in my mind, didn't like didn't let him off. 
No, because no, he still, it, he, yeah, he still gets the shit end of the stick at the end of that, deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. Which is nice. Like even if he does a couple of nice things, he was still a fucking Nazi. So it's mm-hmm. still just like okay, well then there you go. Um, it's just it's just strange. Like it's and like we mentioned like right before we started recording, like this is a weird movie, and it's not weird in like a like Brazil sort of thing. It's just weird in like that whole tone. But I don't mean weird in a bad way. Like I found this movie. Kind of like a, like a breath of fresh air. Like, kind of like that's what this whole month has been to me. Of like, it's just a different way to tell a story. Yeah. Because when you break it down, like, we've seen this sort of story many, many times, especially about World War II, about uh, German, like, there's even a boy in the striped pajamas. Like, that, that is a far more serious version of this. Uh, but it's still like the whole, like, oh, at, near the end of the war, a lot of Germans people, a lot of German people realized that Hitler was lying to them. Yeah. About everything. Maybe we chose the wrong side. Yeah. So it is kind of like, it's nice to see that sort of story at the uh, at the end of the war and seeing these German people be like, holy shit, we got so fucked by this guy. Like, I love his friend's line of, it's a pretty bad time to be a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let, let's kind of move into the actors in this thing. Because throughout this month, Taika's had a, a whole host of character actors and i think this would be his first movie where we're pretty much reviewing about as close to an a-list cast as he's had yeah i I didn't really see any of his regulars in there i didn't see any of them but it would be weird to have any uh indigenous new zealanders in germany yeah they they wouldn't quite fit (laughs) (laughs) i mean granted he is one and he's playing hitler but he's the director screenwriter and he's an imaginary friend so yeah um and he still looked way too much like him. But, you know. Makeup. Makeup. Makeup, haircut, little mustache, all it really takes. He's just a man who can't grow a full mustache. <laughs> of that fucking insult. Um, uh, let's, let's start with her. Uh, Thomas and Mackenzie. She, she is one of those actors right now where if you, you throw a dart at most streaming services that I won't name, you'll find a movie with her in it. Like, she is fucking everywhere right now. And good for her. I, yeah, good for her. But it also like left me being like, because I haven't seen a lot of these. I'm like, I've seen her somewhere before. Like that's been that was me the whole movie. I was like, yeah, she's so familiar, and, and I probably have seen a movie that she's in. I just don't realize it. And I, I don't mean to take shots at her because you know she's a very talented actress. But like most of the roles that I've seen her in, they've been kind of samey. Like like you can kind of see the roles that her agents and her people are trying to put her for. Like even if like she's in like a medieval movie, it's still a similar sort of character that she'll play elsewhere. Um, and that's not really a problem. I, I get that. You know, get this, get your face out there, get seen. But this movie, I, I have to say, like her character was different. She did a better job with it. Like this was the most impressed I've been with her so far. He might be one of the stronger directors that she's worked with. That's possible. I mean, I haven't seen any of the other things, so I don't want to dig at any of the directors. But no, but Tyke is an incredibly strong voice, so I yeah. can see that. And it, it's uh, just casting alone. I mean, just. He, of, he knew the chemistry. Yeah. And she just kind of looks like a female vi- version of Timothy Chalamet to me. <laughs> okay. Just really tall, skinny, and wispy. They are in a movie together. Um, but yeah, I thought she was great. <laughs> I, I thought she was a lot of fun. I, uh, She hit her serious moments great. She hit her funny moments great. Every moment when, uh, when JoJo's trying to write his book and she just starts going on this like total bullshit tirades, like... And he's asking, like, where are your hordes? And she's like, oh, I'm too young. They haven't grown in yet. And she's just like, it's just. Right, right. <laughs> she's matching him every step. And it's just, it's a joy to watch. It's like, oh, wow, she's got your number. I just, I 
started to remember all the things that I remember hearing that people used to say about Jews. I'm like, they lay eggs. I'm like, oh my what? God. <laughs> so, <Ugh>. what? <laughs> <sighs> no. Yeah. But yeah, these two, the two kids worked really well together. And even though I, I hated seeing Jojo be mean to her, and I liked seeing her get kind of the upper hand on, on him, but like, I, I was immensely interested in their interaction. And I think a lot of it was because of how she was playing her role. Like, yeah. I like the, I like the actor who played Jojo, but like she was really kind of the, the center for me. The, the thing that was drawing me into this. She just played like a, a just completely destroyed young girl with an infinite amount of patience. Like it's just, it's not the easiest role to pull off. And I, I think she just, she did an incredible job and that's not saying anything bad about Jojo. Like this was his first movie. This is his debut. And he's keeping pace with Carla Johansson, with Taika Waititi, with all, Sam Rockwell. Like, this kid is up with some of the biggest names in Hollywood right now. And he's holding his own. He p- delivered a great performance. Like, this kid was fantastic. He couldn't do a German accent. No, but a lot of them didn't even try. Some did. <laughs> some did and kind of stopped. Sam yeah. Rockwell's is all over the fucking yeah. place. <laughs> I, actually, I actually kind of appreciated that as a meta text to it, too. Like, even the, the Taika, like, I'm not researching my, my portrayal. It's like, no, yeah, don't do not do the accents if you don't want to. Whatever. Yeah, like, it feels uh, anarchic. It goes for the most part. It's more consistent than Sam Rockwell's, <laughs> but it's like, uh, squishy. <laughs> uh, we, we never mentioned uh, Rebel Wilson. Oh, I haven't mentioned she, Rebel yeah. Wilson. She doesn't do a German accent. She kind of, she, she about tries. as good as Sam Rockwell. No, <laughs> yeah, no, she doesn't imitate. Like she does what she like. I feel like she's like someone do it. Do an imitation of a yeah of an I accent. It's like sure. I guess I didn't bring up Rebel Wilson because I just felt like Rebel Wilson was there being Nazi Rebel Wilson. Like she just yeah. didn't really do much with the character. She's like I always enjoy seeing Rebel Wilson because she can be very funny. She's enjoyable, but she didn't really add much to this movie. She I, had eighteen kids. I mean, she added a lot to the Nazi party. She didn't add a lot to the movie. <laughs> yeah, but even still, like, her inclusion feels like a good, like, a notch of, like, a positive for uh, Taika's, like, portrayal, like, his movie here. Just, of course there would be a Nazi Rebel Wilson type. Let's put her yeah. in here and have her have her riff. Like, whatever. She's one-dimensional. So are a lot of those people, right? Yeah, and it's just, like, she she absolutely hit the notes that she needed to hit. She was perfect for what she, what the movie needed her for. It just really wasn't much there, but that's fine. Not not, yeah. not every character needs to be. Whereas, like, say Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen, like these two guys, they they have such backstory and such character moments and such character development. With I, I would probably say around thirty lines in the movie. Yeah, Alf- Alfie yeah. Allen maybe have five. Yeah, he really doesn't have very many. But you get so much character out of them just from facial expressions, mannerisms. Like, these two guys were just unbelievable all the way through. Yeah. Remember in the beginning of the episode where I said I wasn't just going to gush about it the whole time? Gush, gush, gush. Whoops. Gush, gush, gush. gush. If I'm going to gush, it's going to be on the wallpaper, man. (laughs) Oh, the wallpaper in this movie. Oh, my God. Oh, you should have put down some newspaper before you gushed everywhere. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, are you telling me to put newspaper over the, the wallpaper? Because no. No, no, no. Here, I was we'll, just. Here, I was, we'll, we'll get to the production design. Let, let's finish the actors first, though, because we, we still haven't hit a uh, former focus of an entire month Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah. She was also beautiful. I, mean, I loved her in this. Holy crap. <laughs> like, we. <laughs> she is so talented. She was able to reach her hand into a pile of ash, rub it across her face, and not smudge her red lipstick. 
make a perfect beard. Yeah. She's an amazing mother. Amazing. <laughs> oh, I love. I even love that scene. Just that where scene she scene is so like, good. But like the like, we did I, I feel bad we didn't use Scarlett Johansson, and I don't think we had a single movie that had this level of like quality acting. Like, and I'm not saying yeah, that she no. was bad in any of the movies we covered, but holy crap, right. was she good in this? Yeah, and I'd seen this before, like as we were doing that month of Scarlett Johansson. So I was like, oh, I feel bad. Like this is the like this is my favorite one of hers out of the month <laughs> that we did. <laughs> you know what? We still got to it. We got yeah. to no. it. Yeah, I mean, and we, we were trying to just do a wide spectrum of her career, and by doing so, we just kind of picked the bottom of the barrel left and right. Um, but this one was, again, was a different character for her. Uh, she had to play a, a whimsical mother who was very aware of the world around her, but is just trying to keep things nice. And still stand up against fascism. Yeah, like, like she was just... She was a very classy Antifa. Yeah. She was just an amazing woman. Like, Scarlett Johansson just played an amazing person and did it, like, perfectly. Like, I wish she had gotten more cred for this movie because I, I feel like the award season got so stuck with a different movie that she was in that people kind of forgot about this one. And between the two, I'd probably watch this one again. But she's more of a supporting role in this movie than a leading. That's, so that's true. Why they no, went. that's true. But yeah, so she was she was great. I, I I think every scene she was in was fun, like for the most part. I really liked her green cardigan. Thing. Yeah, her oh. costumes were good. It kind of looked like wallpaper a little bit. I'd totally wear it. So, now, John, when you watched this the first time, you didn't know anything about it. I, I know I didn't either. Did you see her death coming? I mean, judging from history and how these things go, I should have. But I will admit I was a bit surprised. I, again, but like, there's clues in the movie where I should have caught on. Where they first approach the scene, like where they those people hanging in the beginning, and they're like they 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 kind of point it out. I was like, well, that's gonna come back. Yeah, and I like I should have known. That was so wrapped up in just really liking her and liking like liking these characters and the interactions and all that. I got distracted, so I I was I was kind of hit. Uh, uh, kind of came out of left field, or it felt like it did. I I think they did a great job with it, but as soon as she said, like when he said, "What did they do?" and she said, "They did what they could," I'm like, "Ah, she's gonna die." I I started <laughs> like, oh, there it goes. I started to feel it when they were at the pool, and then she stepped down next to him, and her shoes felt featured. Yeah. And then she was d- dancing with him outside in the grass, and her shoes were featured again. I'm like, oh, mm. yeah. And then the yeah, moment they're... he's watching that butterfly mm-hmm. and um, then, you know, he's moving along the ground with the butter. I'm like, oh, no, he's going to yeah. find her shoes hanging. Yep. <laughs> I did oh, say look, to myself. There she is. Yeah. <laughs> I did say to myself during that scene where she's dancing on the walls, like, man, they're building up. This. I, I hope she's not going to yeah. die. And then I just promptly ignored it because I was so taken in by the scene. Like, uh <sighs> I, yeah, I, I feel like it's one of those like uh, way back in the day in film school when uh, like my first class of like uh, development and pre-production, my teacher's like, well, the bad news is all you film students is that movies are effectively ruined for you from here on <laughs> out because you will know every twist coming because you're about to study them. And uh, it's moments like that where I'm like, fuck, he was right. Uh, Damn it. Ruined. <laughs> No, I still have fun with them, but it's true where it's like I've spent so much time trying to dissect movies that when I see something like this, I just immediately go, oh, that's foreshadowing to her. Oh, she's going to die. Damn it. (laughs) Right. But I guess in a point in Taika's favor, again, it's for someone like me who's had that same education. I got I got pulled in like that didn't matter that I kind of was worried about it, but kind of thinking like, oh, the, the clues are all there and pretty obvious. I still 
was like taken in by the movie enough. Yeah, which just speaks volumes to the quality of filmmaking. Um, one last character we have to mention before we, we move into the production design because it was so much more noticeable here than I think the rest of his movies that we have to talk about it for a minute and I'll let Chewie lead that. But we have Stephen Merchant in a movie and I have said many times that Stephen <laughs> Merchant will make any movie better. Um, and holy fuck, did he play a creep in this movie. You, you know what? <laughs> if they do a live action version of Venture Brothers, he needs to play one of the accountants. Oh, yes. Can you just imagine him floating into a room smiling at you? There's too many characters that he could play in Venture Brothers. Like, he just <laughs> had to pop up a lot. Actually, like, he should bunch. play them. Like, he should play every single one you're thinking of, Brian. That would be actually be really funny. The, the moment they opened the door to Stephen Merchant and his little Gestapo, it made me think of the accountant accountants. Yeah. I mean, Venture Brothers oh. has ruined that sort of stuff oh, for yeah. me a little bit. But, but, but yeah, the whole menacing yet funny yet, like, with the teeth bared, I'm going to eat you up type of persona he had during that walking through his Jojo's house. I'm like, that was an amazing sequence. Like Stephen Merchant, just, just for like half a second. And he's like, Oh yeah, you guys have a nice movie going on here, but do you mind if I steal the whole fucking show for about three minutes? <laughs> okay, cool. Right, you guys right. can have your movie back. I'm going to leave. <laughs> it's just like, Whoa. After I make a well, joke about he... leaving his mom hanging. Yeah, like I said, the guy steals oh. the whole movie for the whole, like every second he's on screen, it's like, oh shit, he's good as this. I'd almost yeah, feel no, a little frightened of him now. No wonder the imaginary friend wasn't around. Like, he, <laughs> Stephen Merchant, that's the reason. <laughs> but everything about that scene, like that scene is so fucking good of just, you just have this pit of dread in your stomach the whole time. Because as soon as you hear the door knock, it's like, well, Gestapo, you know it is. So she goes and hides, quote unquote, um, and he just has to walk around with these people while knowing that he's hiding a Jewish person in his house that he is telling himself he's not okay with, even though he very much is. So just the inner turmoil. And then the second he gets called out and not having his knife and she's standing there and she's like, holy shit, everything about this. And on top of all of this, you have the moment with her where she, he says Heil Hitler to her. And she's forced to say Heil Hitler. She has to say Heil Hitler as a Jewish woman. And you can just see the pain on her face as she has to say it every time. And she just crushes it. And at the same time, within two minutes of that moment, that horribly sad moment, we had one of the funniest, like, doctor, 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 like, callbacks I've ever seen. <laughs> Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. <laughs> and as soon as like, it starts the second time, and then as soon as it goes for the third time, it's like... Holy fuck, oh, come on, this is ridiculous. This is too much. So good. Oh, I like this movie. Uh, it's a good movie. All right, I'm exhausted from talking. Cherry, how's the production design in this? Well funded. <laughs> the end of the review right there. <laughs> what a review. <laughs> they had money. <laughs> <laughs> they had so much money. Uh, you can't tell me they didn't have money for this movie. Uh, I mean, it's a period film. And it's definitely set in one of the periods where I personally find it to be beautiful. Lots of terrible things happened in the 40s. Was there terrible wallpaper? No. There was beautiful <laughs> mixture of art deco with art nouveau kind of all throughout this whole thing. Of course, it leaned more in art deco because that was a little more of the time. But still, beautiful. The use of green. Beautiful. Who cares if it's filled with arsenic? You're gonna be fine. For the record, you're not fine if you, di if you digest Just arsenic. Just don't lick your wallpaper. Right, right. Heard it here it first. Seems fairly don't lick easy your wallpaper. <laughs> uh, 
Tastes like boysenberry. Oh, I died. <laughs> the schnozberries taste like... Ugh. I also I just <laughs> right. liked how they also... The juxtaposition. Like, his house is opulent. I don't know what job his dad had before he disappeared, but it doesn't seem like his mom has a job. They just seem to have money because they have a beautiful house. Uh, right. Multiple floors. Filled to the teeth with just velvet and deep colors and everything and <laughs> rich woods. George Costanza would be so in love oh, with that place. It is just gorgeous. <laughs> and then you It's like walk- that HGTV show where they, they they go around this big house like our budget's like, you know, six hundred thousand. What's your job? I sell turnips. <laughs> I still don't understand why people post about how much their turnips cost on Facebook and I really don't have interest in knowing. But it's silly. I like that you right, had right, to say right. that because John could definitely answer I that know, question. I know, because he's, he's posted about <laughs> how much his turnips are going for. And it's a sharing. It okay, like no, a never mind. No, we we got a movie to discuss. Else. Jeez. John, we don't want to buy your turnips. Put them away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining John going door to door with turnips. <laughs> I heard this is what the kids are doing. It's like, no, it's an Animal Crossing thing. So you, you don't want my turnips? <laughs> It's very I need to buy a house here in California. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Even so. Okay, juxtaposition with how lush and deep his house is. And then you come out the door and it is kind of just washed out. They did not over-decorate the street. All the colors are very subdued. It's thinned out. It really makes it feel like it's a city that has been stripped a bit by the war and then you get to the part where they're fighting and the the people the citizens picking up these guns and rocket launchers they don't look like they should be doing this no, I mean, you have a child soldier his best friend who child drops soldier. a rocket launcher and blows up a building <laughs> and then you have people like a guy in a full three-piece suit almost He's got a freaking Nazi helmet on, but he's running out into this war trying to fight. Women in their dresses trying to fight, and they're just surrounded by rubble. I love the juxtaposition with that. The, I love the juxtapositions in this movie because you don't see that in other Nazi movies, any war movies, about the citizens having to defend their city because there's no soldiers left. Yeah. And they're just in their normal everyday clothes, surrounded by blood and rubble and smoke and bloodshed it's just like it was great yeah uh, it's tough to say like uh, it's i'm trying to find a word it's, it's it's his best work like it's just hands down like it, it's his best work it might might because he had more funding maybe it's just because i mean it's one of those better, things but... where someone gets to stretch their legs even more than they did before because they have good funding yeah it's not like something john wick is a very good franchise but I feel like they went down in quality when they got more money. Yeah, when they had to right. stop being creative about how to make it cool, just, you know, spend... They, when they couldn't throw money at the problem, they had to be more creative. <sighs> yeah. And this one is right. the opposite of... Right. I feel like he's still being creative, still so much attention to detail with the performance of his actors, the quality of his shots, and then the use of his money to fill this world in a lush detail. I just like it's great. Yeah. I hope yeah, he continues to use all of his funding and skills and everything and just keep getting grander. Yeah, this, this gives me faith. This movie gives me faith that he'll do that because the normal trajectory is just like the John Wick problem we mentioned. 
More yeah. money means less. I mean, it's still flashy. John Wick is still fun. I just think the first movie is the better one of all three. I haven't even seen the third one, so yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I'm sure you're right. But to your point, <laughs> but to your point, like each each of the Taika movies we've seen this month have been good. Like they, they have like the only thing that's changed is the money, and it still remains good even toward an upward trend. So like I don't know, that, that fills me with a lot of warm fuzzies. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like, don't get me wrong, I am stupidly excited for Thor: Love and Thunder. I am crazy excited for that movie. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I love that there's going to be more Thor. There's a part of me that's just like, yeah, fuck all you Marvel nerds who said that Thor was the worst one. Who's the only one who got a part four? Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I'm very, very proud of all that. But I am so much more excited for whatever he does next that's not part of a larger franchise. Because I love his voice so much. And as great as it is doing these things that are established, I love the originality of it. I'm so excited to see what he does uh, in the future. Um, but with that, I think we've kind of circled as much as we can talk about this thing. So I think it's time to move into favorite parts. Favorite parts. He's looking uh, at me that and doing this wave with his hands. I'm like, doing a what dance. are you talking about? Favorite parts. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, my favorite part is the Scarlett Johansson scene where she puts like, she pretends to be the father and does her whole bit. Uh, I don't know. That really, that got me emotional, <laughs> actually. And I, I really appreciated i thought she did such a good job and it just really zeroed in on a lot of different things i liked about this movie uh m- mine's a little different i, I think your I think your scene is fantastic although i i sadly have to agree with chewy the fact that she doesn't get any soot on her lips did take me out of the moment <laughs> just a little bit because i'm like you just wiped a hand in your face and i can see the outline between lipstick and soot like i can yeah. see it damn you see, hdtvs she's perfect. Uh, yeah see that that level of skill uh, not messing that up really got me emotional <laughs> yeah i think that seed's great i love it but uh my, my favorite scene has to be i would call it the emotional climax of the movie which is weird because i, I don't think it's his mom dying I, I think the emotional climax is his reaction to his mom dying and that is coming home he has to kill the Jewish girl in his house because without her, maybe his mom would still be alive. He's wrong. Like, he he should know that he's wrong. She wasn't killed for hiding a Jewish woman. She was killed for spreading free Germany propaganda. Like, that's why they knew that it was her. She even had one of her free Germany propaganda things stapled to her leg. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to look up what that meant because I don't read German. Um, but I think the moment that he comes home and she sees him and he has his knife and he goes up and he fucking stabs her. Like, she sees that it's coming. Like, there's not a word spoken, but she knows what happened. And it's just this unbelievably powerful moment. And both acting is just as as good as I've seen in any fucking movie. These two kids just crush that scene. And just he comes in. He's got a tear-straked face. He looks mad as hell. And he's holding his knife. And he goes up and stabs her in the shoulder. Only about an inch in. Like, she's going to be fine. He probably doesn't have the strength to actually stab her. And she is stopping him at the same time. Yeah. But he still got her. And then he just walks away. Makes about 10 feet and just collapses on the ground. It's pretty much a, a dialogue-less scene. And it says so much. And it's just impeccably well done. Love that moment. As sad as it is, it's very, very hard to watch, but it's still, yeah. Filmmaking yeah. alone made me just love it. I, I have a hard time choosing a favorite moment of this movie, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I love the moment when um, Elsa and Rosie are talking, which that's Scarlett Johansson and Thomason McKenzie, uh, about being like 
her getting a chance to grow up to be a woman and what she could do. Oh my god! With having a life essentially. Scarlett Johansson just nails that. Just she she's nails leaving. That Did scene. you do all those things? No, I never looked a tiger in the eye. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I also I liked the the comedic moment. I appreciated near the end of the very serious end of this movie was uh, Rebel Wilson putting a grenade on a kid and telling him to go hug an American. <laughs> I was like, oh goodness me. <laughs> Oh, and then man. the, yeah, just ah, so such a serious moment. But you got me there. Is that's funny? Yeah, <laughs> she's killing kids. <laughs> this war is over. She's just taking whoever she can with her. <sighs> oh man, I uh, so double features. <laughs> I, I've had mine since about ten minutes into this movie, and uh, my my double feature is gonna be real fucking bleak. And I apologize if anybody actually does this, but it's got to be Life is Beautiful. Um, I think that's the only answer here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's two very different takes on how to make on how to make the uh, the end of World War II somewhat lighthearted and how to how to try to laugh through your pain. They do very different approaches to it, but I think these these movies would pair very well. Of uh, here is the German perspective and here is the Jewish perspective. And uh, neither movie ends happily. You will, you will be in a ball of tears in both of them. But I think it's a very, it'd be a very interesting pairing. Uh, I would go with one of the movies about World War II that affected me the most in my life. Europa Europa from 1990. Sticking with the, the very bleak. Oh, yes. <laughs> not fun. Fun is not a word you use for that movie. Uh, but it is about a young Jewish boy who gets separated from his family and ends up going to one of these Nazi camps because they mistake him for being of the Aryan race. Uh, and the whole movie, he starts to be very conflicted between the Nazis he gets to know that he actually likes and starts to want to be brothers with. And then the conflict of he's Jewish and they're telling him to kill other Jewish people just for that and it is incredibly emotionally effect affecting and has a glimmer of joy at the end i'll say that (laughs) uh because the war ends (laughs) the war ends in this movie too but he gets something else at the end i won't totally ruin the ending of that movie ever watch it but yeah, I'd maybe watch Europa Europa first and then watch this movie so you could feel a little bit better. But be I mean, depressed it's... and then be slightly less depressed. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Uh, you guys John, are going the way I would like. Are you yeah, you guys, are, you guys went the way I would normally go. You know, go super depressed to this, which is less depressing. But I'm going to go actually, exp- like, predictably, The Great Dictator. Just because that, yeah, just I really like uh, Chaplin's comedy. And even his like more politically minded films and stuff like that. I, I like all of his stuff and I think his speech is so powerful and to have that coupled with like the bouncing, the bouncy ball scene with, you know, all the stuff we got in this from Taika's perspective, it was just, it's a, it would be a nice through line in terms of the comedy trying to take power and away from the evil. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so at the end of every month here, we, we've been doing a, uh, a pretty good wrap up of like what we learned about this filmmaker. And uh, this month, I feel like it's a little different because I 
we were a little more conscious about the filmmaker, I think, throughout. So I don't really have as much of a wrap up here, but there is something that I wouldn't necessarily like to redact, but kind of mention that in the beginning of the month, we were pretty not hard on Taika, but a little hard on Taika for having the, uh, how do we word it? The Oh, the tragic doofus. Tragic doofus. Which still works into Jojo Rabbit. It's still there a little bit, a little but bit. I feel like... It's not as fun. No, no, but what I was going to say is, like, we, we kind of hammered him for it, and uh, I believe we even brought up, like, Thor and stuff, but I feel as the month went on, I went, he never really lost it, but he learned how to actually massage that muscle and use it differently. Oh, yeah. So it was no yeah. longer just, look at Tragic Doofus, Tragic Doofus does this. Like, throughout the his career, he took that story and that character and melded it into totally different characters every time. And I, I'm just, I'm very impressed by Taika for that. He's made it into his personal archetype. Yeah. Um, was there any other yeah. big learning things from Taika that you guys took throughout this month? Or are we, we good to move into plugs? Not plugs, uh, promotions for next month. No, I think you covered it. I would, I would just, yeah, echo what you said. And just like, it was cool to see those problems we had in the beginning. Just he work them through like, a growing filmmaker who has found his own voice and is really evolving his style and his skill. It's cool to see that trajectory just continue upward instead of plateau. Yeah. It's really like, especially because as we've done all of these months so far, and I would say all of them with this exception of Scarlett Johansson, because we did that one a little differently, but everyone else, as we went on with their career, the quality of the film seemed to kind of go the kind of go down. Um, and with Taika, I feel like every, every week this month we've gone, man, that was better than last week. Oh, that was better than last week. Holy shit. This guy just keeps getting better. <laughs> uh, and that is so exciting for a young film director. Uh, and I'm just incredibly excited for everything coming forward. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah doctor. Yeah. Doctor. <laughs> I almost just did the uh, the one from this movie, but I just don't really want. It's I, I could. It's uncomfortable to, to say. Yell, I couldn't. I yell couldn't. in your apartment where people might hear you. What the fuck are our neighbors right. talking about? Yeah. There was um, a part of me that got worried just watching the movie with our window open. I'm like, should we close this? <laughs> you just hear somebody like, "What the fuck are you watching?" Jojo Rabbit. Oh, okay. Enjoy it. <laughs> oh, it's man. funny, but this. <laughs> But, uh, you know, turn it down. I don't believe in any of this. <laughs> we know Nazis are bad. Uh, <laughs> moving ever so quickly along to a total change of pace. Next month on Behind the Hype, we're changing things up a little bit, like I mentioned last week. Uh, we are not focusing on one person. Sorry. Uh, Got to focus on one organization. One epic organization spanning almost 50 years. One of the biggest titans in entertainment ever. Saturday Night Live. They have gone and made a number of movies to varying quality and success. I honestly thought it was more. It's not that many when you look at it. Um, But we will be covering, definitely starting next week, The Blues Brothers, which I am so excited to rewatch because I love that movie. Hey, Nazis are coming back. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we'll be covering any of the following. I'm not 100% sure which ones yet. Uh, Wayne's World, Coneheads, Wayne's World 2. It's Pat. Stuart saves his family. We will not cover Blues Brothers 2000. I will say that right now. I'm not watching that garbage again. <laughs> Maybe in where have they been doing? Uh, A Night at the Roxbury Superstar, Ladies Man. And last but most certainly not least, 
McGruber. Uh, I'm not McGruber. sure. Not sure which of the other three will do, but we will start things off next week with Blues Brothers, and I am excited about it. Yeah. Holy shit, do I like that movie? You know, I've never seen Coneheads. You've never seen okay, where Coneheads will be. Okay, uh, I'm not sure. That'll be the second one. Episode, but we'll <laughs> definitely do Coneheads. Have you ever seen? Eat cats, or is that the elfy thing? Uh, they fight a rancor. What? Yeah, what? you got to see Coneheads. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Coneheads is pretty Why? delightful. <laughs> it's it's a bad movie, but uh, that's gonna be a lot of movies next month. It's gonna be bad but fun, uh, which will be totally different than this month. So that'll be kind of a nice change of place. Place change of pace. All right, we're tired and it's getting hot in here. So let's do some plugs. ATHpod.com for this show and every other show, including starting on Monday, the new podcast coming to the ATH Network. Welcome to You Are Doom, the Frisky Dingo Show. And uh, I am I am so excited to get started with that. It's going to be a blast. Uh, that's it for me. Chewy, what you plugging? Superstore. Super, super, super store. <laughs> John, <laughs> I love it. That should be the, the opening credits now. No, it's no. That should that. just be every commercial. <laughs> just Chewy's Superstore, Super Super Superstore. Super just clips from the show happening. <laughs> Superstore. Look, I would get. Look, I would get two subscriptions to uh, Hulu to watch Superstore because of that. Like I would two of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, it's uh, Demon Days every week, every Wednesday. Where we've got it's a tabletop podcast, actual play about Tiefling or Demonkin, and we're just having a blast. Super fun. Superstore, super super superstore. Super fun. <laughs> superstore. I'm tired. Okay, my eyes are wide. Clearly, uh... I chased our child around a bathroom for I don't know how many laps. You did it for a solid 25 minutes. It was very strange. And I'm not going to explain any of that. And we're just going to start saying thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And bye. 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 Bye.